a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. During that commercial break, I became aware of a, an interesting survey result. The, uh, the union representing firefighters in the city of New York, New York City, uh, conducted a survey surrounding uh, the willingness of those firefighters to accept uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. And the survey shows that uh, it's right about only half of New York City firefighters are intending on receiving the vaccine when it becomes available to them. I'm not going to draw any conclusions from that, but the uh, the survey findings uh, on their uh, alone are interesting, certainly. And it's not that dissimilar from similar surveys which have been conducted around the United States. There is uh, certainly nowhere near 100 percent acceptance of the, the coronavirus vaccine. And so once it does become available. And according to some calendars, uh, that could be about April time where it is available to the the general public. Uh, Who knows? Who knows uh, who will be in line to receive it? What percentage of the American population will ultimately, when enough doses are available, uh, receive it? I'd like to know your thoughts. This is a conversation we've had a a number of times on the air here, uh, but I, I am ever curious as we are learning new things and attitudes are shifting. And in fact, some of the nationwide surveys are showing that uh, a growing number of Americans and a growing percentage uh, of Americans are, uh, in fact, more open to receiving the coronavirus vaccine once it becomes available. 57500 Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, Shoot me a note. Let me know where you stand on that uh, question today. And in the meantime, I want to look uh, across the pond. Uh, Something is happening. Uh, There have been vaccines now delivered to the U.K. by uh, Pfizer, and they, as early as this week, could be uh, distributed to members of the the general public. Uh, And to help us understand more what exactly is happening there and what it means for us, uh, ABC News correspondent Mark Remillard joins us. Mark, sir, how are you? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for making some time for us, and thanks for digging into this issue. Tell us, uh, in terms of the calendar, what's going on in the U.K. right now? Yeah, so vaccinations uh, could begin uh, tomorrow, potentially. So uh, the U.K. approved Pfizer's vaccine, uh, I believe it was last week, and since then uh, has essentially been getting prepped to start distributing the vaccine. They uh, received uh, in the order of about 800,000 doses from Pfizer's manufacturing plant in Belgium uh, over the weekend on Sunday. And so now they've been just going through and doing some quality checks to make sure that the you know the, the vaccines were you know stored properly during tra- transit. There's been no issues during transit, uh, and then they're going to begin distributing them around England uh, and uh, Northern Ireland and and the other countries there uh, w- will have their own um, uh, vaccination schedules and whatnot as well. But uh, in uh, England, at least right now, they're going to be distributing them around uh, 50 hub hospitals, and then from there, eventually, they'll be getting 
uh, distributed out to, um, uh, you know, local doctors and things like that. But that's not expected until perhaps next week. So initially the push is going to be for them uh, inside nursing homes, uh, people who are 80 years and above, uh, groups like that in their initial uh, push, whereas it seems a little bit different uh, compared here in the U.S. where we're kind of factoring in a priority for not only people uh, in nursing homes, but also health uh, uh, care workers and people who work in the healthcare industry that come in contact with COVID-19. It seemed like that may be, a, um, you know, a it's not a second group, but it's not quite the, the number one priority group, if that makes any sense. Basically, what they're saying is they're going to make appointments, and if uh, there are extra appointments or available appointments, then healthcare workers can begin their own vaccinations. But it seems like it's going to people 80 and above first. What kind of numbers are we talking about? Uh, real numbers in terms of available doses and then percentage of population? Yeah. So, uh, you know, in the UK, uh, their plan is the British government plans to only immunize people who are 16 and above. So across the UK, that would be about 55 million people who are eligible to receive uh, the vaccine. Now, in the immediate push here, they've only got about 800,000 doses. So uh, you're talking, um, you know, at that point, uh, you know, this is also something that requires two doses. So you could be able to inject 800,000 people with the first dose. And then there's a booster shot that they need to get within you know, 21 days after that. So uh, in the 800,000 range in the initial push. But the U.K. in total has secured uh, about 357 million doses of seven different vaccine candidates. So uh, there and the biggest one for them and the one that they've poured the most amount of energy in securing doses for is that Oxford vaccine, which was developed, obviously, within their own country, uh, though right now there's a lot of questions about the um, how efficient that vaccine is. I don't know if you recall the report, but basically they were st- they had this interesting report where they said that their trial showed that if you got both doses of the vaccine, you know, a month apart, like you're supposed to, if you got full doses, it was only about 65% effective. But they said that in a small handful, there was a, a mix up where the the first dose was only a half dose, and then they got a full dose. And so there were about 3000 participants who got that schedule, and they found it to be up to 90% effective. So they're actually doing more research right now to huh. figure out exactly why that might be? Is that a statistical anomaly? Is this evidence of a different schedule and how they need to administer this vaccine? So um, anyways, here in the U.S., that vaccine is actually still undergoing trial. So that vaccine has not even requested approval here in the U.S. Um, so it's not going to be here um, at least until next year at the earliest. So, uh, you know, right now, all the focus is definitely on Pfizer and uh, right behind that, the, the U.S. based Moderna vaccine. Right. Uh, CEO of Pfizer, uh, not that long ago, was asked about his relationship with the other country, or the other companies developing vaccines, and he said, "Look, listen, uh, I am not looking at these other companies as my competition. Our only competition is the is the virus. I'll extend that same attitude to the U.S. and the U.K. But I do have to ask, how is it that the that the U.K. is in a position to be distributing uh, this vaccine to its population well ahead of our own abilities here in the United States?" Uh, that's because the U.K. Uh, decided to approve it. And I mean, that that's a, really the only difference here. Uh, the, the FDA uh, obviously has the final say to d- approve a vaccine here in the U.S. And what happened is the Pfizer uh, has requested U.S. approval. Then uh, they did that a couple weeks back. And then a hearing is scheduled for this week. It's coming up on the 10th where the FDA is going to meet with an independent board that reviews vaccine and their datas and looking at how safe they are, how efficient they are, all that data. They're going to meet with the FDA on the 10th and 
provide a recommendation. Tell the FDA, we think that this is a good vaccine or we, we think it should be approved for only these populations or whatever it is. They're going to make a recommendation and then the FDA will eventually make a decision. Uh, the UK, being a different country, different regulatory rules, decided to move forward. And in fact, they actually got some criticism for this. Uh, in fact, Dr. Anthony Fauci to CBS last week flat out said the country rushed the decision to approve the Pfizer vaccine, saying that they they took Pfizer at its word that this company, who uh, you know, who's developing the, this vaccine, says it's safe, says it's efficient, and that the UK government just took that at face value. Now, the UK, of course, has pushed back and said that's not what they've done. But nevertheless, the UK moved faster. It decided to yeah. do this quicker, whatever their process is. And that's different than the FDA. And uh, that's that's the difference here. Now, Fauci says this is all about not cutting corners. And so people can have confidence in the FDA process. Very good. Uh, Mark Remillard, ABC News correspondent. Thank you, uh, as always, for your insight and your work on uh, this reporting. Thanks again. Sure thing. Thanks. All righty. We're going to take a break right now. And when we return, we're going to go back to uh, a topic we discussed earlier on the program. And it is about uh, online learning, specifically in the Salt Lake City School District, a district where online learning is the only option available to students. They haven't been in the classroom since last year. New reporting shows that some 40% of those students are on the receiving end of Fs or incompletes. That's a 60% jump from last year. Next up on the program, we'll be speaking with uh, a doctor, a principal uh, of Mountain Heights Academy, an all-online high school who boasts of great success and claims to have great tips for both parents and students. Uh, Dr. Tonks, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.